It's great to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord, amen. An honor to gather each and every time with the people of God. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Galatians, chapter 1. Galatians 1, beginning at verse 11. I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. Beloved ones, let me repeat emphatically that the gospel entrusted to me was not given to me by any man. No one taught me this revelation, for it was given to me directly by the unveiling of Jesus Christ. By now you have heard stories of how severely I harassed and persecuted Christians and how systematically I endeavored to destroy God's church, all because of my radical devotion to the Jewish religion. My zeal and passion for the doctrines of Judaism distinguished me among my people, for I was far more advanced in my religious instruction than others my age. But then God called me by his grace and chose me from my birth to be his. He was pleased to unveil his son in me so that I would proclaim him to the peoples of the world. After I had this encounter, I kept it secret. For some time, sharing it with no one, I, I had no desire to run to Jerusalem and try to impress those who had become apostles before me. Instead, I withdrew into the Arabian desert. Then I returned to Damascus, where I had first encountered Jesus. I remained there for three years until I eventually went up to Jerusalem, met the apostle Peter, and stayed with, stayed with him for a couple of weeks. The only other apostle I met during that time was Jacob, the Lord's brother. Everything I'm describing to you, I confess before God to be absolute truth. After my stay in Jerusalem, I went to Syria and southeast Turkey. But I remained unknown to the churches in Judea. The only thing they heard about me was this. Our former enemy, who once brutally persecuted us, is now preaching the good news of the faith that he tried to destroy because of the transformation that took place in my life, they praised God even more. We serve a God of transformation. Called by his grace, chosen to be his, once enemies of the cross, now allies. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, many of us will know this well. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. How many are thankful for that reality this morning? The Message Bible puts it this way. The old life is gone. A new life emerges. Look at it. All this comes from God. A transformed life, a transformed existence. I love how Spurgeon said it. The old man is not sent to the hospital to be healed. 
but to the cross to be crucified. The old life gone and new life emerges. This is the God we serve. We know full well that we live in the information age. So much information, an abundance of information, and the incredible, unimaginable access to information. Information on just about anything and everything, just a click away. I have a question this morning. Is information enough to produce transformation? I think of Christianity, we live in what we could call the information age. So much information, more books and materials than we've ever had before. And podcasts and video casts and film series and websites and on and on and on it goes. In our day and age, the greatest access to information any generation has ever seen. Just a search away, just a click away, a voice command away. So I ask, is information enough to produce transformation? See, the truth is we can grow up in church, attend church, sit in Bible studies, read the Word of God, sit under the preaching of the Word, read all the right books, be encouraged by believers. We can listen to an insane amount of podcasts, watch films, search websites, read posts, be given all the right information, and yet never undergo transformation. A.W. Tozer said these words, we can know the right words, yet never be changed. This is the difference between information and transformation. What we need is an unveiling of Jesus. We all need an unveiling of Jesus. Galatians 1, verses 11 and 12, Beloved ones, let me repeat emphatically that the gospel entrusted to me was not given to me by any man. No one taught me this revelation, for it was given to me directly by the unveiling of Jesus Christ. The message paraphrased, I didn't receive it through the traditions, and I wasn't taught it in some school. I got it straight from God. Received the message directly from Jesus Christ. Now, am I saying today that that which is given to us by man is of no value? No. We understand that the Word of God, this information in this book made up of 66 books, is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Yet, as D.L. Moody said, the Bible was not given for our information, but for our transformation. And there lies the difference. The Word of God does not return void. It always gives answer to the Lord. 
But yet something happens when there is an unveiling of Jesus. Grandparents, parents, teachers, preachers, and the list goes on, can give us the right words, the right teachings, the right instruction, the right example as they fulfill the call to be living epistles, and yet, and yet we never undergo transformation. And what's the answer? We all need an unveiling of Jesus. Galatians 1.16, he was pleased to unveil his son in me. Yet I say today we can know the right words and yet never be changed. We can sit in church services and yet never be transformed. We can attend conferences, listen to podcast after podcast. We can sing songs and yet never be transformed. Having the right words, having the information, but nothing more. 2 Corinthians 3.18 in the NLT So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. The Boyce Bible, we are being transformed, metamorphosed into the same image, his same image, from one radiance of glory to another just as the Spirit of the Lord accomplishes it. You know, I think of the Scripture, the Scripture we know well. It says, do not be conformed to the world. And what does it say? It says, be transformed. Is information enough to produce transformation? What we need is an unveiling of Jesus. Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ. And experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. That same power that raises us. That power that transforms lives. Information is good. Information is fine. But let us pray and pine for an unveiling of Jesus. See, this is what the lost need. It's what the world needs. And speaking to people about the truth and sharing the truth and providing information and you hand them a track and all these things. What they need is an unveiling of Jesus. They need an unveiling of Jesus. This is what we need. It changed Saul forever. It transformed his world. Transformed his outlook in the course of his life. You know, I wonder, perhaps someone had tried to correct him. Provide him with the right information. Hey, Saul, do you know what you're doing? Trying to educate him concerning his wayward manner, and yet he pressed on until, until that moment on a road. The road that demasks us, where the Father unveils his Son in us where we receive the message directly from Jesus, where the revelation is given to us directly by the unveiling of Jesus Christ. An unveiling of Jesus changes everything. An unveiling of Jesus transforms a life. Withdraw into the desert. 
Galatians 1.17, I withdrew into the Arabian desert. And I feel the Spirit of the Lord would apply it in this way today. The desert or the wilderness speaks of a place of preparation and anointing. I think of John the Baptist and I think of others in the Word of God that the Lord transformed in the desert, in desert places, wilderness conditions. I think of our Lord and Savior Jesus. He often withdrew to places like these. And when there's an unveiling of Jesus, a true unveiling of Jesus in our life, and the transformation begins to take place, we understand how desperately we need to withdraw. That we don't hinder the process of the Lord, but that we team up with the Lord. We need to remove ourselves, retract, pull away from places, people, and practices. We need to withdraw from old pleasures and persuasions and those pressures that we know would drag us down. Perhaps someone's here today, they need to hear the word that it's time to withdraw an unveiling of Jesus, but it's time to withdraw into the desert and allow the Lord to anoint your life, allow the Lord to change your life and transform your world from glory to glory and from strength to strength. We serve a God of transformation. Return to where you first encountered Jesus. The scene or the road or the place in your journey where he stopped you in your tracks. Return to that place where things changed forever. Where the Father was pleased to reveal his Son in you. The place where the transformation began that only he could accomplish. Galatians 1.17, then I returned to Damascus where I had first encountered Jesus. Why go back there? Why return? Well, what happened there? We're going to read the text this morning, Acts 9, verses 1 to 9. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. 
Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus, and he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Verses 10 to 19, now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him, the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. What a transformation. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name among the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me, has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once. And he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. And what happens next? Verses 20 to 22, immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues. What a change, what a transformation. The old passed away. New life emerges. A new mission, a new mandate, a new focus. He preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Then all who heard were amazed and said, Is this not he who destroyed those who called on this name in Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. Look what the Lord has done. What a miracle transformation. The voice reads, then he went into the very synagogues that he had intended to purge. Look at the change. He went into the synagogues proclaiming, Jesus is God's son. Obviously, this amazed everybody. And the buzz spread. The people, isn't isn't he the man who caused so much trouble in Jerusalem for everyone who identified with Jesus? Didn't he come here to arrest followers of Jesus and bring them in chains to the religious authorities? Now, he switched sides and is preaching Jesus. This is the God we serve. Back to Galatians, beloved ones, let me repeat emphatically that the gospel entrusted to me was not given to me by any man. And no one taught me this revelation. 
for it was given to me directly by the unveiling of Jesus Christ. See, Saul knew what the Christians were preaching, but information wasn't enough. I thought about those who he was persecuting, executing. You got to believe that they tried to provide him with the right information to speak to him concerning his wayward way. But what he needed is what we all need, an unveiling of Jesus. Only this can change a man like Saul. Why return to Damascus? Why return to the place where Jesus stopped you and I in our tracks? Where he halted the journey. Where God was pleased to unveil his son in us. If I could make a suggestion today, it's a good idea to return to the place where Jesus stopped us in our tracks where his light shone around us and where he first called to us, the place where he demasked us and instructed us and began a transformation in us that only he could accomplish. It's a good idea to return to that place because it keeps us grounded, it keeps us humble, and it keeps us surrendered. What's the news around the Christian camp? Galatians 1, verses 23 and 24, the only thing they heard about me was this. Our former enemy, who once brutally persecuted us, is now preaching the good news of the faith that he tried to destroy. Because of the transformation that took place in my life, they praise God even more. And what of the world? When the world sees a transformed life. Charles Spurgeon said these words, the world does not read the Bible, the world reads Christians. A transformed life. Not just a pile of information quoting scripture, passing out information, but not living the right life. Talking the talk, but not walking the walk. Who here likes friends like that? (laughs) Be the real thing. Let's be the real thing. The world reads Christians. We are living epistles. The world reads Christians. Oswald Chambers said these words, the expression of Christian character is not doing good, but God-likeness. If the Spirit of God has transformed you within, you will exhibit divine characteristics in your life, not good human characteristics. God's life in us expresses itself as God's life not as human life trying to be godly. Can we see the difference today and understand that we are a new creation in Christ? The old has passed away. The new life emerges 
We are those that are transformed and those that are being transformed. The Boyce Bible, they praised God for the miracle he did in my life. Praise God for the miracle he's done in, in your life, in every life that's in this house today. Because of the transformation that took place in my life, they praised God for the miracle he did in my life. Because of the transformation that took place in my life, We may look at individuals in this world and we've given up on them. So many conversations, so many encounters, so much kindness shown. We've just tried and tried and tried and it's like, I don't know what else to say. I think I've told you everything. And the information hasn't, been enough to produce change, to produce transformation. What we need to do is pray that the Father would reveal the Son, unveil His Son in them. And if you've given up on anybody, I just want to say this. I read this quote, don't bury a man before he's dead. Hope that so long as a sinner lives, he may yet live unto God. I wonder if we've buried a man before his death, given up hope. But as long as there's breath in those lungs, there's hope. There's hope. Because of the transformation that's taken place in our lives, blank. Fill in the blank today. Because of the transformation that's taken place in your life, blank. Because of the transformation that's taken place in our lives, well, a few suggestions that could fill in the blank. Because of the transformation that's taken place in our lives, our sons and daughters are serving Jesus. You think about it. Because of the transformation that's taken place in our lives, our friends have turned to Jesus. The streets are lit with Jesus. The lost are seeing Jesus. The dead will rise in Jesus. The blind will see Jesus. The deaf will hear Jesus. Voices are praising Jesus. Because of the transformation that's taken place in our lives, there is a witness of Jesus. And by God's grace, there will be an unveiling of Jesus. God's life expressing itself as God's life. And I ask a question to each person in this room today. Those that know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. What has already happened because of the transformation that has taken place in your life? What has already happened 
Who is serving him because of the transformation that has taken place in your life? Who has turned to him? Who has seen him and is seeing him? Who has come alive? Who that was blind now sees? Who that was deaf now hears? Who is now singing his praise? May God unveil Jesus in us that he may be unveiled in others. Galatians 1, verses 15 and 16, God called me by his grace and chose me from my birth to be his. He was pleased to unveil his son in me so that I would proclaim him to the peoples of the world. Look at all the evangelists in this room today. That's the call. That's what we're called to. To speak for the Lord and proclaim him to the peoples of the world. The message paraphrase reads, he has intervened. I'm so thankful God intervened in my life. He has intervened and revealed his son to me. We can have the worship team return this morning. The Amplified Bible to reveal, unveil, disclose his son within me so that I might proclaim him among the Gentiles, the non-Christian world, as the glad tidings gospel. The voice reads, but God who set me apart even before birth and called me by his grace chose to his great delight to reveal his son in me so I could tell his story among the outsider nations. You know, thank God for the transformation he has worked in us. Don't let a day go by where you don't thank God for the transformation that he's worked in you. Look what the Lord has done. The old life gone, the new life has emerged. A transformation that only, only the Lord could work. You know, I wonder if people were praying for Saul. Praying for their enemy the one who was persecuting and executing, I wonder if they were praying that the Lord would teach him. A revelation given to him directly by the unveiling of Jesus Christ. I'd like to say this today. The truth is, when there is an unveiling of Jesus, there is still a choice to make. There's still a choice to make, a choice to surrender. R.C. Sproul said these words, we cannot change God. God is unchangeable. If changes are to be made, they must be made in us. How about these words? Christ never compelled any man to come against his will. If a man be unwilling to be saved, Christ does not save him against his will. Even when there is an unveiling of Jesus, there's still a choice, a choice to serve him, to live a life of surrender. Perhaps there are those here today that have surrendered to the Lord. They want to serve him, but there's this struggle and 
Seems like there's little forward progress. There could be reasons for this. I just want to share these words. The reason why many are still troubled, still seeking, still making little forward progress is because they haven't yet come to the end of themselves. They're still trying to give orders and interfering with God's work within them. I want to encourage the church today. Let's begin to pray. I know we're already praying, but let's let's begin to pray and pine for the world, for the lost. For those that do not know the Lord, from those that are wayward. Let's begin to pray that there would be an unveiling of Jesus. Wayward sons and daughters, those that growing up in Christian homes, those that have the information, but there's been no transformation. Lord, we pray that there would be an unveiling of Jesus in them. An unveiling of Jesus within them. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who transforms. Transforms our life, our lives, God, that we're not the same. It's, it's that the old has passed away and the new life emerges. We thank you, Lord, for the work that you've done in this house. Every individual, young, old, wherever we are in this journey with you, we thank you for your transforming power that has changed so many lives. We praise you for your miracle life. Thank you, Lord, for calling us by your grace. Thank you for choosing us, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would all remain humble and grounded and surrender. Lord, that we'd walk with you all the days of our lives. And day by day, that we would be changed evermore into your likeness, Lord that we would look more like Jesus and act more like Jesus, talk more like Jesus, respond more like Jesus. Lord, that the world would see a true representation of who you are. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand today. We love you, Jesus.
church. Many of you know I'm a PK, a pastor's kid. And uh, with that comes its pressures. Often I got, you shouldn't act like that, you're the pastor's kid. Yeah. I remember growing up, you know, we all have our trial of faith and our journey. But there I was in this service and a man of God who was ministering guest minister came up to me and he said you can't serve your dad's God and I first off I kind of just stood back like what does that mean you know it confused me a bit he said it can't just be your dad's God and I went away and prayed about that you know how encouraging is that to receive from a guest minister I just remember asking Lord you got to make yourself real to me I have to serve you because I choose to serve you, not because I grew up in a Christian home or received the right information as a child or, you know, spent copious amounts of time running around at the altar and all these things. I needed a revelation of Jesus, an unveiling of Jesus in me for me because this is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You're not Christian by default. I know we like to think that. And you know, there's power in being from a Christian home and you know for those that are first-generation Christians in this house like hold to this okay because the future is bright as we continue as we train up our children in the way they should go and we're believing that they will not depart from it but what we're praying is that we're not just a people that are pushing information into them shoving information down their throats but there's an unveiling of Jesus within them that the transformation takes place, that they're truly changed forever. And so for all the parents in the place, I would just encourage you, begin to pray for that in your home. Because you can play all the worship music you want and you can shut down all the garbage all you want, cleanse your house all you want, but what they need is an unveiling of Jesus within them. And so we pray that the Father would do that that not one of them would turn away, not one of them would run away. Well, we've had a good day in church, amen. God bless you. We'll see you throughout the week. Go with God, amen.